Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You are listening to the Qalam podcast Hurdle series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abidin by Sheikh Mikail Ahmed Smith. Jazakallah khair for your continued support, and we pray that this is beneficial. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Ain. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salam Ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyana wa Mawlana Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak Wa hubba man yuhibbuk Wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamur rahimin We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his love We ask Allah for the love of those actions that will gain his love and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the love of those people that he loves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to alleviate the suffering and the oppression of our brothers and sisters in Philistine. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give them nusra, his divine assistance, and fathun karib, a close victory for them, ya arhamur rahimin. Amin ya rab. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I'm returning back to our, our session. Um, the hurdles or Minhajul Abidin. And what we've been studying over the last few months is this beautiful book written by Imam Ghazali. And he structures this book in a way as if we're on this journey. We're on this journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going back home. And Imam Ghazali says that upon this pathway that you're trying to get home to, this pathway, there's all these things that get in the way. And so by one by one, Imam Ghazali was laying out to us, this thing is going to pop up in your way. This thing is going to get in your way. This is how you get around this. This is how you get around that. And he kept laying out things before us that we have to get ourselves around. And then Imam Ghazali brought us to this next hurdle. And this next hurdle that we talked about, Imam Ghazali, rahimullah ta'ala, he said that you're going to need something called taqwa. And we talked in detail. I'm not going to revisit that today. But he about this concept of taqwa, which is this consciousness of God, this state of mind where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always in your mind. And here's the deal. As there are more fitnas and tribulations, the need for taqwa grows. You need, Allah's, you need consciousness of, of, of Allah more and more because the fitnas become too serious for you to let your guard down. One time the Prophet ﷺ, he was resting, he was sleeping, and he woke up at tahajjud time. And he woke up in this like frantic state. And he, he woke up and he said, Who's going to wake up the sisters? Who's going to wake up the sisters? He's like, there's so much fitna coming. And he was indicating, the scholars, they say he was indicating that at tahajjud time you need to wake up if you want protection from fitnas when they come, you have to up your game in terms of ibadah. When fitnas are higher, average don't work no more, y'all. When fitnas are higher, average doesn't work no more. So taqwa is this state of mind where you're conscious of Allah all the time. Now there's benefits from the side where taqwa stops you from sinning. And that's how we normally hear about taqwa. But what we have to realize is, is taqwa is also what gets you through the hardest moments of life. 
It's not just about protection from sinning. It's about helping me move on and wake up and move through the next day. So he said, if you want to have taqwa, you're going to have to protect your eyes. You're going to have to protect your ears. Because whatever you let in, it immediately goes to the heart. And we talked about that already. Today we talk about another one. We talk about the tongue. We talk about the power of the tongue. He says, Thumma He says, the next thing you have to do is you have to, you have to be conscious and aware of how to use your tongue. One of the amazing things that, that I, 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 I loved when I accepted Islam is that I had no guidance before on how I was supposed to carry myself, what I was supposed to use what for. So I did whatever I wanted to. I put my hands where I want it, I put my eyes where I want it, and everything else. But when I accepted Islam and I learned that no, Allah tells you, no, this is what your, your eyes are for. Your eyes are to look at your mother with a, with, a, with a graceful glance, to look at your spouse with loving eyes, to look at the signs of Allah while you're driving down the highway and you see that sunset and you say, Subhana, ma khalaqta hadha batil, subhanak. You say, oh, there must be a point to all of this, Ya Allah. Look how beautiful you've created this. And then the tongue. The tongue. Imam Ghazali says, if you want to be a person of taqwa, if you want consciousness of God all the time, you have to be a person that's a very perceptive and on top of how you speak. فَإِنَّهُ أَشَدُّ الْأَعْضَى جِمَاحًا وَتُغْيَانًا he says that this is the hardest limb to put the, uh, <laughs> that word coming back again. Thank you. This is the hardest limb to put the bridle on. That's what he says. Jimahan. It lets loose. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu an. I mean, Abu Bakr, who's Abu Bakr? He's Abu Bakr. But he used to grab his tongue and say, this thing has really messed me up. This thing has messed me up. I mean, how many divorces because of a slipped up tongue? How many black eyes because of a slipped up tongue? There's a saying uh, in an English uh, novel that says, loose lips sink ships. Loose lips sink, in the Navy, loose lips sink, sink ships. Like there's a lot of harm that comes from the tongue. And one of the scholars, they said, the tongue is so severe that Allah put two, two things in front, the teeth and the lips. Because <laughs> it's that dangerous. It needs two gates. Two. Teeth and the lips. SubhanAllah. It's narrated that Sufwan, Sufyan bin Abdullah, he said, uh, one time I said to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ma aktharu ma He's like, Ya Rasulullah, what are you worried about the most for me? This was something special the Sahaba did. They had such a close relationship. They would say, Ya Rasulullah, I'm not, I don't want general advice. For me, what's the worst thing I got to worry about? And they would ask the Prophet this question, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so he looked at him. And here's the deal. If you want real advice, the Prophet's going to give it to you. So he says, uh, the Prophet stuck out his tongue. And he grabbed his tongue and he said, Hada, you got to watch your tongue. You got to watch your tongue. 
There's another narration, and this narration really hits me because it shows the effect of speech on the body. I mentioned in the beginning that in the time of fitna, in the time of difficulties, the Prophet said, as we get closer to the day of judgment, it's real talk, man. As we get closer to the day of judgment, the Prophet said, Al-Haraj will increase. Haraj. The Sahaba, they were like, we never heard this word. What's Haraj? The Prophet said, Qatl. Murder, death. It will increase. It will increase. So this hadith is heavy for me because it shows the relationship between the tongue and the body. The Prophet وسلم, in one hadith, he said, Anna ibn Adam, that the son of Adam, the daughter of Adam, meaning all of us, إِذَا أَصْبَحَ بَرَكَةِ كُلَّهَا إِلَى لِسَانِ وَقُلْنَا All of the, the limbs, this is metaphoric, but it doesn't even have to be. The Prophet وسلم, said, when you wake up in the morning, every one of your limbs, every part of your body, addresses the tongue, looks at the tongue and addresses the tongue and says, we tell you, please, O tongue, be straight today. Be on point. Speak truth. Speak truth. Speak haq. The body says to the tongue, if you're straight, we're straight. What I want you to realize from that is that there's a connection between speech and, the, and, our, and our limbs and how we carry ourselves. And I'm going to go into deep this in more detail. If you are crooked, if the tongue is crooked, if you're not speaking correctly and the way a believer should speak, or you're letting your tongue say whatever it wants to say without control, if you go crooked, the body says to the tongue, if you go crooked, then we go crooked too. The idea here, and he says, Imam Ghazali says, the meaning of this is this. The speech of the tongue It affects all of our limbs Here's what I want us to understand I've told you this story before The story of a friend of mine Who we got in a really bad car accident Qasim was only like a week old We got in a really bad car accident Extremely bad, middle of the night And you heard this story before But I need you to, to connect with it We were in the car, it's like 12 o'clock at night We were coming back from a halakha Like one of these joints In D.C. And uh, I remember clear as day, because he was like, yo, Sheikh, what's the tafsir of, and I was after Halakha, I'm like, man, I ain't trying to talk about no tafsir right now, man. <laughs> I ain't never told him that part of it, though. <laughs> he's probably watching right now, like, okay. So uh, he's like, Sheikh, what's the tafsir? You know that, surah, that verse in Surah Yasin? And right at that moment, we heard the screeching. And you know what that means. Your body tenses up. Bam, car hits extremely hard. The car spins into the middle of the intersection. It goes on fire. It's crazy. Three children in the car. But the moment the, 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 the car hits us, my man next to me, he screams, Allah! Allah! And, and after everything calmed down, we were on the curb, cops came, everything. I was like, yo, you know what you said, right? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you screamed Allah. I was like, yo, you deep. <laughs> that iman is in you. He's like, nah, man, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I was just yelling, ah. <laughs> I was like, nah, I heard it. You yelled Allah. When difficulties come, 
The tongue has no, no, uh, no way to speak other than what it has inside. A, a cup spills of what's inside. And if you have been ingraining in your heart this love of Allah, this consciousness of God, that's why I said as these fitnas come harder and harder and harder, we are seeing people being shaken up and all that's coming out is alhamdulillah. That's all they're saying. What type of faith do you have, yo? I get a, I get a flat tire and I'm cursing the heavens. <laughs> cursing the potholes of whatever city I live in. So whatever's inside is what comes out. But here's the deal. It's a symbiotic relationship. Because the tongue actually is what we use to inculcate or create within us the God consciousness. So, so when it's shaken, that's what comes out. But as you yourself engage in more remembrance of God and consciousness and, and dhikr, the word is dhikr, y'all. The word is dhikr. Listen, listen. I, I want y'all to really take this home. The Prophet Sallallahu he taught us things to say that will, that will get you through the toughest moments in life. And, and, and I, one day Fatima, his daughter, she was a hard worker. Her husband Ali, wasn't, he didn't make a lot of money, right? But they were happy, single bedroom, chilling, we good, right? But she got to do the laundry herself. She got to do everything herself. So she was getting like calluses on her hands from just the daily stuff she was doing. She was getting like a, a callus on her shoulder from carrying the water thing. So one day she went to the Prophet Wasallam and she asked him for like a servant, like a maid to help out around the house. Right? And so she comes to the Prophet from a distance, right? Like, like far from here to the brother in the corner there. And she sees all these other people around him asking for stuff. And she's kind of shy, so she just dips. But he from the corner sees her, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So just picture it. He sees his daughter from a distance, but then she turns and she, she leaves. You see it. So later in the day, he arrives at their door. He knocks at the door. And he says, Fatima, you, you came. What happened? She's like, nah, it's all good. I was going to ask. I need help around the house and maybe some, you know, one of the servants you could send to me, da, da, da. And he's like, I don't have anything, but I'll give you something right now that I guarantee will make every difficulty you go through in life easy. Y'all ain't even hyped for it. <laughs> Y'all ain't even ready for it. If Huberman said it, you'd be like, oh, word? <laughs> right? If the podcast said it, you'd be like, oh, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. God's final messenger said to us, his daughter, he gives his daughter, you, you know, you, if, you a, if you a daddy's girl, you know daddy hooks you up. For real. I got two of them. They be holding me like clay in their hand. Like. So the prophet so said, is speaking to his daughter who's callous from hard work. He doesn't have material to give her, but he teaches her something deep. He's like, let me give you something. And by giving it to her, he gave it to us. He said, y'all ready? Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wallahu akbar, 33 times after each salah. Yeah, you thought it was something you never knew about. But how many times we skip over it and we wonder why is things so difficult? 
Why can't I get that gig? Why can't I get that whatever? Why can't I get that? Bam, right there. You're missing what he gave you to make things easy for you. And I'm going to say it again. As the fitnas increase. What are fitnas, y'all? Fitnas are things that try your faith. They shake you up. They try you. They're not easy. As we get closer to the day of judgment, the Prophet ﷺ said, each day will get a little hard, a little harder, a little harder until this happens. Listen closely. The Prophet ﷺ said, a man or a woman will wake up in the morning, a believer, by the time nighttime comes, they won't believe in Allah anymore. Because the true fitna isn't the fitna that takes away your deen, your dunya. The true fitna is the fitna that takes away your deen. Listen, you're not feeling me yet. Check this out. The Prophet وسلم, he said, In the Qabla Khuruj al-Dajjal, Thalatha Sanawat, Shidadun. Right before Dajjal comes, Dajjal the Antichrist. Right before the Dajjal comes, there will be three years of extreme difficulty. Extreme hunger. Extreme hunger. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, when the Antichrist comes, when Dajjal comes, you know what's crazy about the word Dajjal? The word Dajjal is when you mix up truth and falsehood, so can't nobody tell no more what's the truth. Crazy. Can no one tell no more? Did it, didn't do it, did it, didn't do it, I don't know, whatever. For you know it, no one knows the truth. That's what Dajjal means. He mixes up truth and falsehood. The Prophet ﷺ said the biggest fitna for us is Dajjal, the Antichrist. When the Antichrist comes, when the Antichrist comes, he will have extreme difficulty. Why? The Prophet taught us he'll come to a group of people and say, do you believe me as your God? If they say yes, they will, he will open up the doors of risk. They will have all types of food, drink, everything. But if this people says no, blockade, relief can't get through. He stops it from coming. The, the Sahaba, they said these words. They said, Ya Rasulullah. They said, Ya Rasulullah. فَمَا يَعِيشُ النَّاسِ فِي ذَلِكَ الزَّمَانِ If the Dajjal is cutting off food and water to believers because we don't believe in him, if, 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 if the Dajjal is cutting off food and water, how will people live, Ya Rasulullah? Do you know what he said? He said, SubhanAllah, At-Tahleel, Wa-Takbir, Wa-Tahmeed, they will be nurtured and nourished by saying subhanallah, walhamdulillah, walla ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, believe it or not. In those difficult moments, that will become how Allah nurtures the believers. Because we never gain, our strength was never material. It was always from the unseen. It was always from the unseen. That's why before we put our hand in the plate, we say bismillah. Because there's no barakah in this food without the name of God. Without the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The, the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's a few phrases that if we regularly say on our tongue, it will be extremely helpful for us in times of fitna. Number one, subhanallah. And, and, and by the way, English, Arabic, Urdu, Pashtu, I don't care what language you say them in. Somali, say it whatever, yo. I had to get, get out of Africa, right? Gotta get, forget my roots, you know what I mean? 
it don't matter what language you say it in. The reality must hit you. Let's do the first one. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. Get used to it now. Say it now. Nurture your soul with it now. Next one. And if somebody needs them, go to a sister or whatever, ask her, do you know that one? A brother, ask me. La ilaha illa anta subhanak. Inni kunadhalimeen. This was the dua that, dua, who made this dua? Yunus made this dua. He was in the darkness of a well. In the darkness when there's no light. And that's how the world seems to us sometimes. What did he say? La ilaha illa anta subhanak. There is no God but you, subhanak. Glory be to you. Inni kuntu min Next one. This one is heavy. This one will get you through some of the hardest days of life. Hasbi Allah. Hasbi Allah. Do you know what? Allah is enough for me. Allah is enough for me. Hasbi Allah. The whole world is against me. Hasbi Allah. Get used to it. Get used to it. You know how before, like you know how sometimes there's phrases you got to practice. Get used to this. Now, hasbi Allah. Hasbi Allah. Most difficult days, these adhkar are going to help you. The whole dua though is, hasbi Allah la ilaha illahu alayhi tawakkalt. Upon him do I trust. The Prophet taught us that words are powerful. Words are powerful. How are you using them in your life? Are you using them to help you in these difficult moments? There's another hadith I want to share with you. And sometimes, all the time, there's hadith we've heard before, but because the world circumstances change, they mean something so different to us, right? When the Prophet passed away and Abu Bakr recited that verse, they said it was as if we heard it for the first time. Because it had new meaning now. Listen to this hadith. The Prophet, والسلام, he said, Indeed, a person will say a word which pleases God. He says a word, speaks a word, she says something that for the pleasure of God. Before I go forward, I want to add something. Al-Qalam Ahadul Lisanain. They say that the pen is one of two tongues. So everything we're talking about this tongue is the same for what we type. Same for what we type. What we write and what we type is the same thing. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, indeed, a person will say a word, post a word, speak a word, write a word of the pleasure of God. La yulqa laha balan. You didn't even think about it. La yulqa laha bal means you just said it, but you, it wasn't the big thing of your day. You didn't go to sleep that night, call up, you know, whoever and be like, girl, you know what I said to him or her, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, like, la yulqa laha bal means it wasn't even a big deal to you. You just said it because it would please Allah. I saw a brother in Suhbah. Right? Because Sufba is a spot. Come chill, right? Um, I, can't, I saw a brother in Sufba. I met him. I was like, how's your heart doing? Actually, somebody texted me today. How's your heart? I was like, oof. Thank you. Thank you. And he looked at me. And he said, man, no one's ever asked me that, man. My heart's feeling good, man. I was like, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I don't know why. I just wanted to ask, how's your heart? Someone hit me up today with that, man. Mashallah. 
The point is you didn't even think about it, right? Look what the hadith says. That one word now, that person is raising ranks, 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 ranks in the heaven for a word they didn't even think about. They said they were 23, 25, 26 years old in the middle of a Monday, January, whatever. They said a word. Now they're elevating in ranks into heaven. Why? Because this word they never even thought about. But the other side. What, indeed, and then the prophet said, indeed, a person will say a word, type a word, post a word, post a word. La yul, that angers God, mocking people. La yulqi they didn't even think about it. It was a funny joke to them, funny post, not a big deal. The Prophet said, this person will be falling down into the depths of Jahannam because of that one word. There was a... You know, we did this series a few months ago called The Journey in which we talked about the journey of the soul into the Akhirah. And we talked about a narration where the Prophet ﷺ, he said he saw certain people being punished in hell. And when we were doing this class, it was very somber, it was very serious. It was heavy. And I'm going to share one of the things that the Prophet ﷺ saw. The Prophet ﷺ, he saw a man that was kneeling down. And behind this man, these are people being punished in hellfire. And behind this man, there's another person with, with metal hooks. Sharp as razors. I know it's heavy. And the man standing behind would take the razor and he would pull it all the way back to the back of the person, cutting everything. I know there's children. And then he would go to the other side and do the same thing. And by the time he finished this side, the angel that is, this side would heal already and he would start again. And the Prophet wasallam, he said, Gabriel, who is this man? Like, what sin did this person do? The Prophet wasallam, said, this is a man that used to tell a lie, and when he would lie, his lies would reach the horizon in an instant. You know what's crazy? When the Sahaba heard that, I wonder how they could think that a person's lie could reach the horizons. And now we see lies, said in a second, reaching the horizons of the world. I often say, people say, you know, if I had seen the miracles of the Prophet, my iman would be stronger. If I saw shakul qamr, man, my iman would be through the roof. You see these prophecies? You see these miracles? The Sahaba couldn't imagine. How does a person's lie reach the horizon? And at first you would think that, what a severe punishment. Not no more. I don't know about you, but it seems quite befitting when those lies are used to justify so much wrong. So the Prophet wasallam he taught us that speech is powerful. Words are heavy. Some of the greatest things you can do 
are to speak the right words. And in order for you to get through the hardest times in life, you have to have a habit of speaking good words to your heart. To your heart. I want to share a narration that truly embodies the power of the heart, of the tongue. And then after that, I want, to sh I want us to all witness the power of the tongue. There's a narration. And uh, coincidentally, this narration also deals with the Dajjal, the Antichrist. It's a narration found in Sahih Muslim, means it's a very authentic narration. And it's a very powerful one. Listen closely. Qala Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet alayhi salam, he said, يَخْرُجُ الدَّجَّالِ فَيَتَوَجَّهُ قِبَلَهُ رَجُلًا مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ the Antichrist will come out and he'll be spreading corruption around the world and calling people to his army in his way. And he'll encounter one believing person, one believing man. The uh, guards or the police officers of the Dajjal, they'll grab him. And they'll say to this Muslim, where are you going? So he'll say, I'm going to that dude that thinks he's a god. I want to talk to him. Don't you believe in him? Remember, Dajjal is getting followers, people to believe in him. Don't you believe in him as your Lord? No, no, no. My Lord, you can't see my Lord. My Lord is Allah. So these officers will say, kill him. Some of them will say to one another, La, don't you remember Dajjal told us we can't kill anyone without his permission? Let's take him to him. When, when, when the mu'min sees Dajjal, he will say, power of speech, Ya ayyuhannas, hadha Dajjal. See, we're at a time now, just calling out truth is one of the greatest jihads. Just speaking facts, just speaking truth. When truth has become wrong and wrong has become truth, the greatest thing you could be is a person that speaks, speaks haq. Speaks haq. So he goes, ya ayyuhannas. This dude is the job, y'all. Look, this is him. Fayatmuru dajjal. Dajjal will order, lay him down. These are heavy hadith today. They'll say, grab him, lay him down. They'll begin to hit him and hit him and hit him. He's like, do you believe in me now? In the same way, Bilal, as he was being dragged through the city streets of Mecca, he just kept saying, no, there's one God. No, there's one God. The same way this man will go, nope, nope, I believe in Allah, I believe in Allah. See those words, you know, you know, we were studying in Sira today. And uh, Sheikh, Sheikh, Sheikh Tantawi, he says that as Bilal was being dragged through the streets of Mecca, and he just kept saying, Ahadun, Ahadun, y'all know the story. Y'all know the story. He's being dragged through the streets of Mecca. And all he's saying is, Ahadun, Ahadun, Ahadun. Sheikh Tantawi says, 
the, the ledda, the pleasure that he gained from just saying the words ahad, ahad, overpowered the pain he was feeling from being dragged. This is why I'm saying today is all about realizing that the remembrance of God and our, our, our usage of our tongue for the sake of gratitude, dua, istighfar, these are things that get us through the hardest parts of life. Listen, let's back to this story. He will say, do you believe in me? The man will say, Anta Masihul Kadhab. You are the Messiah, the Antichrist, Kadhab. You're a liar. All he's doing is calling out Haq. He will order that this man be laid out and a saw brought. And I know it seems quite difficult, but he will be severed in half. The Prophet said that Dajjal will then walk between him, his two, his two halves. Dajjal will walk between him. And this is one miracle, so to speak, that Dajjal is given in his entire existence. And then Dajjal will say to this body, come back together. Come back together. And the body will come back together. This is one miracle Dajjal is given. The Prophet taught us this. And now when he's back together and he's alive, he was brought back to life by Dajjal. And he says to him, do you believe in me now? He goes, I know now for sure you Dajjal. <laughs> I know for sure you Dajjal. You have stamped it, sealed it. I know you for sure are Dajjal, but you can't kill me after this. Why? Because the prophet said he'll go to grab his neck, but he won't be able to. And the most powerful part that hit me. The Prophet said he won't be able to kill him, so he'll tell the guards, throw him into this fire. And the Prophet said, they think they're throwing them into fire, but they're throwing him into Jannah. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ The Prophet said, this man will be the leader of all the martyrs on the Day of Judgment. What did he do, y'all? He spoke truth. And in the time of difficulty, he was able to speak truth. We have difficult times ahead. Just as believers in our lives, mundane, and on the bigger macro perspective. The usages of our tongue are this. Number one, shukr, gratitude. Every day you must say alhamdulillah and you must look around and see everything you have to be grateful for. And don't feel bad for being blessed. Be grateful for being blessed. Number two, astaghfirullah, istighfar. It's not about anything other than getting right with Allah. There are so many verses that talk about istighfar. The doors of risk open, istighfar. Number three, I mentioned a number of adhkar, a number of remembrance of God, glorifications. Say them in whatever language you have. But the more you glorify God, the more you put that into your heart, that's what will come out when the hardship comes. My man in the car accident could not have planned to say that. 
It was only his remembrance of Allah that was coming out in that difficult moment. A person losing their child saying, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, you can't train for that. It's only based on you remembering Allah all the time. Get right with Allah. Dhikr, shukr, and speaking truth, which gets harder and harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. But we got each other. And we got Allah. We know Allah's in control. That's what gives, gives us courage. Words are powerful. As I said, you can show someone you love them, you can cause a divorce by words. And it's through words that we reach high ranks. I want us to uh, see that. Is, 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 is uh, Miguel here? Miguel. Miguel, can you come up here? Would you mind? Can you bring a chair for Miguel? Miguel has been uh, listening to the Hurdles series. We got one. We got one, bro. We got one. My bad. Miguel has been uh, studying Islam. Miguel has been listening to the Hurdle series. And uh, Miguel, after a long time of looking into Islam, Miguel wants to accept Islam. How you doing? Waalaikum salam. How you doing? You good? Do you mind if we do this? Yeah. You ready? Okay. I got you. Don't worry. Um, words are powerful. Words are powerful. Some 22 years ago, I sat where you were sitting, and I said some words that utterly changed my life. It changed my life because it gave my life a new purpose. It taught me how to live and how to speak, how to walk, how to control my eyes, and most important, why I'm here. These words were the way to start that journey. Words are powerful. They start our journey as we're going to watch right now, and they keep us on the journey. The most important thing is that we stay in good company and we keep bringing positive, good things into our heart. Words are powerful. So with that said, Miguel, by the name, my name is Michael, so. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Right? You know, when I, was a, when I was a kid, my sister used to call me Miguelito, right? <laughs> For real, for real. That was my nickname, yo. Anyways, um, so I'm going to say the Shahada, okay? I'm going to say it in Arabic, right? But I'm going to say it in English because what matters is that you believe it from your heart and you say it, right? So uh, repeat after me. I'm gonna, let's do the English first, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I bear witness. I bear witness that none is worthy of worship that none is worthy of worship except Allah except Allah and I bear witness and I bear witness that Muhammad that Muhammad is the final messenger of Allah is the final messenger of Allah repeat after me in Arabic easy ashhadu ashhadu Allah Allah ilaha ilaha illallah illallah wa wa ashhadu Anna Muhammad Rasul Allah. Congratulations, you're Muslim. Congratulations, man. Congratulations, we got you. We're here for you, inshallah. 
anything you need, we're here for you, inshallah. Mm -hmm. Inshallah. Sure. inshallah. Y'all can give him some love, man. Now, like, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. We always celebrate a baby's child's first words. And we often remember a passing parent or grandparent's final words. Words are powerful. Imam Ghazali is teaching us. Um, by the way, I didn't plan this, y'all. Like, I got a call the day that my man was ready to take shahada. So, alhamdulillah. That's what's up. And, and, and Miguel, Miguel, you can sit here too, man. You don't got to go back to your spot. You can chill. So as we conclude, inshallah ta'ala, uh, Imam Ghazali here is teaching us about the power of the tongue, about the power of speech. And as we just witness someone's journey begin, that new world beginning by just some words, scholars say, if the word la ilaha illallah from, can take you from darkness to light, imagine what it will do to a Muslim who says it with ikhlas. Imagine the rank and the level you'll be lifted up if we engage in more remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, alhamdulillah, uh, Imam Ghazali here is teaching us some important aspects of controlling our tongue and, and being careful about what we say. And I'll share one more thing from here. He says, An Malik bin Dinar, annahu qal. Malik bin Dinar, he said, fi qalbika. If you see some hardness in your heart, like, your heart feels hard, it's not soft. And your body feels weak, you don't feel the energy to move. And you don't see the doors of risk, sustenance opening. They seem like they keep closing. Know that you haven't been using your tongue the way you need to use your tongue. You need to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more. He says, remember that by preserving your speech, you will protect your time. Know that by preserving your speech, you will protect all of your righteous actions because you won't be backbiting people. So you'll preserve all the good that you have done. Know that protecting your speech will protect you from harm in this world. As I said, how many black eyes are there because of the tongue? Know that you will protect your akhirah, your hereafter, your journey in the next life by protecting what you say. And Imam Ghazali then moves on to what we'll talk about next week, which is caring for your heart, looking after your heart and how important it is for your heart to be protected. So today, brothers and sisters, I wanted us to look at different ways that we can speak in a way that will protect, strengthen our iman, in order for us to deal with the difficulties that come with life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to use our tongue in the best way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to use our tongue in a way that strengthens our faith. May Allah allow us to use our tongue to say words of encouragement to our brothers and sisters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to use our speech, be it written, be it vocal, in a way that helps alleviate the suffering of our brothers and sisters 
in Philistine. May Allah allow us to have the courage to speak up against oppression whenever we see it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to alleviate the difficulties that our brothers and sisters are going through, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to make it easy for them, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Ya Allah, we know that you are able, Ya Allah. You have control and power, Ya Allah. So we humbly turn to you, Ya Arhamar ya Rahimin. Ya Allah, make it easy for them, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun. Wa Salamun Alal Mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.